Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Today's episode is sponsored by ChrisTaylorRacing.com. Welcome to Driven to Compete. I'm Kerry Rouse, and I travel to racetracks around the U.S., where I interview members of the racing community and share their stories as a form of inspiration for our community. All right, I am here at the SCCA Pro Solo event at Bristol, and it's going to be followed by a solo event here at yep. Bristol. A national tour. National tour, and uh, this is my first time at Bristol. It's beautiful. And I've met a, a, a lot of really friendly, fun people here. So, Raleigh, Velma, Jeff, I appreciate you guys hanging out with me here. And I'd love to learn a little bit more about the sport because I'm used to road racing. I, I race in the SCCA in a B-Spec car. Okay. And uh, this is my first autocross event. And uh, so it's, it's all totally new to me. Um, the Christmas light thing is pretty cool for the pro solo, but maybe I can just start with each of you giving me just a little bit of background on what's happening right now in your world this year for related to racing, related to any kind of motorsport. Okay. Uh, Velma and I live in the Indianapolis area. We live in one of the suburbs on the north side of Indy. And uh, we typically, right now we are retired. We retired about 10 years ago. And uh, since then we've uh, really working with very closely with SCCA. So at several events we're part of the staff. And what we try to do is help manage the event. And uh, if, uh, if it's allowed, we'll run the, our car too. If not, we'll just work the entire event. But uh, we typically go to anywhere from 16 to 18 autocrosses a year. So you find ourselves on any given weekend, uh, we'll be in a parking lot someplace setting up cones to drive through those as quick as you can. Yep. That's really what autocross is all about, is trying to find that parking lot. 90% uh, of the time, everybody's going to be in first and second gear. And so it's not high speed, but it's the most fun you'll ever have doing 40 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So what, um, what cars do you drive? We have a Camaro that we ride. It's in what they call clam, uh, cam. Cam is, uh, for SCCA, it's their classic American muscle. I was it's, wondering about that. I yes. didn't know what it meant. <laughs> okay. So, and there are three classes in that. There's the older cars, the newer cars, and then what we basically call the sport car, the two passengers. So it's mostly Vipers and, and Corvettes. And we're in the older class uh, with our Camaro. We have a 2002 Camaro, and that's basically the brake line. And then all of the newer cars run in what they call Cam C for contemporary. And Jeff's car is in the contemporary class. He has got one of the newer Mustangs. So, uh, but we run, Velma and I both run the Camaro, and it's uh, it has to be street legal for the class, but after that you can do uh, just about anything you want to almost to it. When you say it's, it's gotta be street legal for the class, but you can do whatever you want for, for... It would be blasphemy, but for instance, if we had a Ford, we could put an LS, a Chevy LS motor in it, and it's still eligible for the okay. class. So, uh, <laughs> Wheels and tires are free on the car. Um, in in the case where you can do interior, we want a finished interior. 
So everything basically from the back seat forward is a finished is finished in the car. Now that could mean just people put vinyl in there or they have still have the full interior. Uh, there's some minimums on the weight, but that's really the biggest restriction. Cool. And uh, like I said, we just we have an awful lot of fun with ours. We've been able to do a little play with the engine a little bit, and so we picked up a little bit of horsepower. And all of the suspension has been redone, so it it handled good in the first place, but now it handles even better. Awesome. So now, now Raleigh's the godfather of Cam. He's the driving force behind it. He's the one that got Cam up and running and has kept it going and made it to where it's really, really good for everybody. Awesome. We really do appreciate that for that and the effort that they put into putting Cam up and running. Yeah. For many years, SCCA was known as as sports cars and so people with Miatas or MGBs or something like that, that was what really brought everybody to the class and then just like you said, B-Spec, you know, it's become really popular in, in SCCA racing. Uh, you know, SCCA looked and said, hey, there's a lot of other stuff going on out there. And so whether it was road race, it might be the B-Spec cars. In, in Solo, we saw that, you know, we really wanted to embrace the people that had muscle cars. If you had a Mustang, a Camaro, a, a, you know, whatever, that you think, you know, a Viper, a, you know, we really wanted to embrace those people. And Cam is what's really helped embrace that. And it's been, uh, this is our 10th year and it's really been successful. Awesome, 10th year for Cam. And yep. when, did, when did you all get started in this whole thing? Um, uh, how far back do you want to go? Okay, here we go. We started actually in 1970 working road races. Okay. We were young enough that we could not work on the corners, but we could work timing and scoring. So we did that for like 14 years between what was called Donnybrook at the time up in northern Minnesota. We rode America, Mid-Ohio, Blackhawk Farms. I mean, we traveled all over with the timing and scoring team. Moved to northwestern Ohio, which is Toledo and met up with people there that said, yeah, Mid-Ohio is two, you know, two hours away, we don't go, we autocross. So that's what kind of started in autocrossing and we've not looked back, no. have we? That was the early 80s, we yeah. bought one of the original uh, 83 GTIs, which was the first really hot hatch. Uh -huh. And uh, like I said, we were hooked. I think the first year we, we had run one year earlier than that and gone to a couple of events and had fun. We bought the GTI and we were hooked. We went to 15 events that year. And uh, <laughs> yeah. next thing you know, it's it, like I said, it's hook, line, and sinker. And so we're, we've been stuck. And we still work a few road races a year, but 99% of our time is spent autocrossing and having to do with the events like this weekend. You know, yeah. we just uh, love coming here to Bristol for the four day event. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I just can't believe how beautiful it is here. Right? Yeah. I took a bunch of video, I'll be sharing all that because it's just beautiful. Yeah. So. Now Raleigh and Belma also run the, the Peru Grissom Air Base when they have the uh, SCCA stuff there. They're the main ones up there putting on the events up there as well. What, I mean, where is that air base at? There's a, uh, it's an uh, Air National Guard base about 45 minutes north of Indianapolis. It's okay. in Peru, Indiana and it's called the Grissom Air Force Base. It's named for Gus Grissom, one of the early uh, astronauts. And it, that was his home area, his hometown was in that area. And uh, we have been using that as a site. It started being used in 1996 uh, to, for GM to do some testing there. And uh, it ends up, next thing you know, the autocrossers got heard about it and uh, we end up renting that facility. That facility now is used every weekend from the middle of April to the middle of October. I think this year, last I saw on the calendar, there were two weekends that's not being used. And that's by either SCCA regions or by Corvette clubs. And it's just a neat, neat facility. It's an old ready area that we get to use and it's just a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. 
So Jeff, what what is going on for you? What what is your role? And tell me the things that are happening for you this year. Well, I'm the regional executive for East Tennessee region. I'm the chairperson for the Double Summer Nationals here at Bristol. Have been since its inception, uh, inception, and pretty much. Whatever they need done, I do. I mean, if we need to do this, we'll step up and do that. If whatever the staff needs, we take care of it. I come up usually about 10 days ahead of time to start prepping the site. Bristol was awful gracious to us. They give me free run of the site. I've got keys to everything. Uh, I've got the tractor. They give me the tractor and I can do whatever I want to do. They don't care as long as they can park cars in the parking lot when we're done. They're gracious enough to let us use this and it's a, it's a great facility here. Yeah. We refer to Jeff, maybe he doesn't know this, but we call him the Energizer Bunny. Okay. He's, he's always in motion. It's like something needs to be done and even before you have the words out of your mouth, He's out there. Yeah, doing this it. is not a this he is not normal system. for him to be sitting and relaxing. <laughs> no, he doesn't he, do this. He's made an exception for me, which I'm very grateful yeah. for, because I've heard from the same him thing. and other people, yeah, that uh, this is this is a rarity. So. Yeah, it is. <laughs> now we we started running back up here in 2015, and they repaved some of the lot for us. We also, as a region, put in some of our own money to help repave it to make it better. And we feel like we've got one of the premier events in the country. We really it's do. sold out in four hours. Both events sold out in four hours on day one, faster than only Seoul Nationals is the only one sold out faster than us. That didn't Nationals just sell just out? Sold out. <laughs> what was that? What was that? And how many well, cars are in that? Well, what happened? There were right now. There are 1,300 was the limit, and we have uh, somewhere just north of 150 people on a waiting list to get in. So we're at, in theory, we're at 1,450. What happened is the very first week that you could enter nationals, it was for people that had been to the previous 49 nationals, which there are seven people that are we call the hundred oh, wow. centers. Yeah. And then there was and some of the chiefs. The second week it was for chiefs and people that had been going to nationals for 25 years or more. Okay. So at the end of two weeks we had approximately two hundred. I think it was two. Uh, maybe four hundred. I was yeah. thinking closer to three, but. We had less than 400. Yeah. And uh, then we opened it up in the third week for pretty much everybody else. Yeah. And it's a case where it sold out in a matter of hours. Yeah. In fact, we were on the road coming down here and uh, we saw it. Velma was looking at her phone and said, it's filling up. And uh, we called several friends and said, get yeah. ready to get your butt on that and yeah. on the internet and get yeah. registered and yeah. some didn't some are uh, on, on the wait, wait, wait list. list so uh, yeah. <clears throat> what's the chances of that wait list getting well i think what's going to happen is we uh, scca has to look at it and say okay uh, realistically how many cars can we run per day yeah and what has happened in the past is typically we will run tuesday through we uh, or out there for 10 days. We have a pro solo that runs Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then Monday is a day to walk the two courses that are used for solo nationals. Yeah. And that's a welcome party that night. Well, then we compete on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And people compete on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. Typically, almost be more than 55% of the people that will compete in out of that 1,300 will be in the first two days. People like to work, they run the first two days and they have a couple of days to go home. Well, so what we need to do is look and say, okay, the people that are on the wait list, okay, can we allow all of those 150 to get in to go up to 1450? Or do we say only Thursday, Friday people could potentially come in because we're, we're already capped at Tuesday, Wednesday? Or, and we always have some people that'll back out. So SCCA right now is gonna kind of try to look at all kinds of alternatives. If we have great weather, you know, we can run everybody. Yeah. If 
all the, and even if we had cold weather, we could run everybody. Yeah, but if we start having rain and lightning, <laughs> lightning yeah. and the airport has restrictions for lightning, sure. and they're saying if there's lightning within, I think it's 12 miles of the airport, boom, you are shut down, yeah. and you're shut down for a period of time. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, if you have one or two times like that during the days, you're shut down for 45 minutes to an hour, it can kill your schedule yeah. in a hurry. Yeah. So yeah. SCCA's got to look at a bunch of things, but I anticipate closer to 1400 when it's all said and done. Cool. And like I said, there will be some people that you hate to say it because of family issues or work or whatever yeah. that won't be able to go, they're already registered. Uh, but we hope as many can be there because this is the 50th running of Solo National. It's the 50th time we've run the Solo National. Like I said, we have seven people that have been there every time. And uh, it's uh, it's really, really going to be a neat event. It's my 10th year. I've chaired it, uh, co-chaired it for the last five, too. So it is a, it's a blessing to have a site like Lincoln, but it's also a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun to me. Oh, uh, work, yeah. The work's just part of it. It's yeah. just... We, my wife and I get out there early with, with Raleigh and Velma and other people and we can set the side up and prep it and get ready and uh, I do it all, I do it as every chance I could get. We're, the, and Jeff and his wife Lynn and Velma and I, we are part of the team that there's about 10 people that show up a week in advance. We are right now, will be rolling in there on Saturday prior to the pro solo yeah. and we're allowed on the site as of Monday morning. So we'll be doing some strategizing over the weekend to make sure we got our all our ducks in a row. We'll break up into small teams and then we start, you have to, for instance, if you've got 1,400 people, those people would like to have a parking spot. Yeah. And we, and we try to set up parking spots 25 feet wide by 50 feet long because, I mean, a good example is our trailer and truck here, we're 48 feet long. And so we fill up a 50-foot spot. Now, with the 25 feet, I could put out the Audi. We could put the car next to us. But, you know, you, you start figuring, okay, we don't necessarily need 1,400 spots, but we're going to need probably 900. Yeah. And every one of those needs to be marked so that when people come in, say, okay, I'm in row six, yeah. spot number five. And those are the things that, that Lynn kind of and uh, that all of us start marking, uh, you know, you said, the week in advance. And, and we have a great time doing it. We always have fun doing it. But it, there's a lot of those kind of things and uh, that happen. It's on my calendar to go, but I'm not going to be participating yep. in it. Is there going to be room for? Absolutely. For oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What we do is, you know, as when they open up the paddock area, at that point, let them know that you're part of the media mm -hmm. and that you'd like to be there. And at that point, you'd be able to get a spot. Okay. And or and if and if there's any issues at all, please contact either Jeff or yeah. myself. And, we can try to get you in there. We've already talked to, there's a couple of people that are, one fellow is a Hall of Famer that is coming to the event. He hasn't run in probably 15 years, but he's a Hall of Famer in, in SCCA and he's got many national championships. Well, he's bringing his travel trailer out. He wants to be there for the 50th just to say, I'm here. Yeah. And so we've already, you know, figured out spots where we can put people like that okay. you know, that want to come. And, and, a, and of course, people park with their friends. I mean, the ETR group, the Eastern Tennessee group, they'll be parked together so everybody can kind of help each other. We've got already, we've got six people that we typically park with every year and everybody's helping each other back and forth and like I said, we bring the shade so that yeah. always helps. Yeah. Tell, tell me about your car. Well, I've got a 2010 GT500. It's uh, had a motor swap in it. I took the iron block out and put a 2012 fully built race engine, a GT500 5.4 built engine in it. Cut 220 pounds off the nose of it. Um, it's had a lot of weight reduction. It started out at 39.90. It weighed 35.70 today, so it comes come down a lot. It's uh, got 740 horsepower at the wheels, 
weigh the 110 foot-pounds of torque right now, I can take it to 900 if I want to, but you can't use 900 at the autocross, right. but you can pretty much get 740 down if you do it right. Okay, gosh. Well, how, how are you doing so far? Well, I usually don't typically drive my courses very well. So <laughs> I designed this course and designed the, pro tour, the tour course as well, but I drove really good today other than the right side I overdrove, but uh, the courses are fun, they're fast, they flow really well, and it's just, uh, I tell people it's the most fun you can have in a parking lot with your clothes on. Yeah. <laughs> and when you said you design it, is there software for that or you just... I just go out and start putting cones down and look back and say, okay, I like how that corner is <laughs> and you look where you want to go next and you just have a general flow of how you want to do things and then yep. once you set the cones up, you'll go back and walk it and looking at it and you make small tweaks here and there until you get what you want. And with me, I don't do maps. I just do it in my head. Yep. I'm not very good with doing maps, but if you give me a blank canvas and say, have at it, I can do a pretty good course. Got it. The neat thing, too, is there's restrictions, for instance. We call it a gate when you yep. put a cone on either side and you're going to drive through that. And those have to be a minimum of 15 feet wide. Most of the time with Jeff's course, they'll be 20, maybe even 25 feet wide. But it's a case where that's how you're going to go through it. And if you put a row of cones in a, in a, a just have a row of cones there, a slalom, there's a minimum at 45 feet. Well, trust me, our cars feel really she fat likes, trying like to weave in between <laughs> 45 feet. So most of the time, people are doing them now 60, 65, even as much as 75 feet in between the cones. Yeah. Okay. And so and that helps the flow, like Jeff yes. was saying, to get the flow going. And but so there are some restrictions on what you can do. But in the sense, after that, it's really a blank canvas. And each event will be different, even though you've got a parking lot here at Bristol that, because of the shape, will kind of ha start having a signature. There will be certain things that you always see here just because of the shape of it. When we go to Grissom, Grissom was a ready area. So if you looked at a map from the top, it looks like a Christmas tree with these arms that they used to park planes on during the Cold War. Yeah. Well, now we go in and out of those, and like I said, every, everyone that puts up a course, they design a little bit differently, and put slaloms different places or whatever. And and it, that's what's one of the neat things, it, it changes every time that you're there. Yep. And I know, so for the Pro Solo, the course won't change over the t over the six runs that you do. To a, it goes more than that. There's two, 12 runs. Yeah. 12, 12 runs. 12 runs. Um, and, but it doesn't change. Yeah. But the the solo event. The tour. The, to, the tour. That will change. Um, that will Saturday. change. Yeah. Saturday. That's basically Sunday. right. When I say backwards, you'll start here and go one way. Yep. Where you finished, day two, you start at finish and go back to start on day two. Got it. So, so there, there might be a few tweaks yeah. to you know, make it visually easier to see. Because yeah. sometimes you go, wow, this is easy, easy to see this way, but we need to change a corner to make it easy to see going the other way. Gotcha. Yep. So you get 12 total with Pro Solo and yep. how to six total? Six, six total. Okay. Three each day. And it's the best one, like even in the uh, 12 runs, it's the you get six on the right-hand side and six on the left, and it's your best one on the right and your best one on the left added together, and that's yep. your time. And then when we get to the national tour, uh, there will be, you'll get three runs on Saturday, three runs on Sunday. You get the, it's the best of each run, and those are added together. And so, in a sense, you don't have to win the first day, but you want to at you least be close. close. You want to yeah. stay close, give yourself a chance. Is the pro solo at the championships like a champion, the championship? Yes. Or it's the finale. It's called it's pro called solo finale. finale. Because right. it's still a culmination of points, isn't yes. it? Yes. Right. It's a culmination of points, and what you have to do to get into the finale, like this weekend, I think we're at 250 or 275 for entry. There will be a cap of 250 at Solo Nationals. The first the first restriction will be you must have run three 
pro solo someplace in the country during the year. Um, and then the second restriction, you have to be in the points chase. And then if, if we don't have 250 yet, then it opens up a little bit more. But typically those first two opportunities really fill up the 250. Yeah. And then what will happen is those 250 then, you know, it's a combination with the points, they will go for those overall champions. We will crown year long, not only people that win the finale, but then we'll crown people that have won the overall championships in each of the classes during the year. So you could potentially, at that competition, not come in first, so you wouldn't win that competition, but you could win the overall for the whole season, yes. right? Yes. Interesting. Which one is, is bigger bragging rights? Um, wow. Probably the overall for the whole season. I would season. say the overall. Yeah. yeah. The I overall. would too, but I want to win them both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, be greedy. We'd like to do it both. But yeah. It's a, and then same thing with the National Tour Series is I believe there are 13 National Tours this year. Here again, you can count your best three towards a national championship that will be crowned at the end of the season, which is the last run of the season, I believe, now is in, Oklahoma, in Frederick, Oklahoma in October. And at the end, you have to, you, to be eligible for a trophy, you just have to run. But in a sense, you can count your best three events. So if you went to four or five, you can count your best three. And then one of the criteria is you must have attended solo nationals to be eligible for a year-end trophy. Yeah. And there are cases where people that won the national championship at the solo nationals in Lincoln, and they may also win the national tour championship, but they could also be totally different people. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes you can be really good one weekend, but overall you've got to be good three times. To give you an idea of how hard our autocross is, Al Hunter Sr. came to solo nationals one year, multi-time Indy champion, and he got beat. And he stood up on the podium and said, I have to take my hat off to you all because this is harder than people realize, and it's not as easy as people think it is. Yeah. It's difficult. Yeah. That's just a parking lot, yeah. Yeah, driving around cones. Exactly. <laughs> it was, I tell you, it was so moving when Al Jr. did that, and he had, he had been autocrossing just for a very short period of time. Um, for one of our sponsors, Speedway Motors. Well, he's and, done a lot of, uh, and he had, of events with good guys. And he's done a bunch of so. good guy events, but he had not done a lot of the big events. And uh, he came up just a couple of tenths short after two days of competition. And it was written up in Sports Illustrated, in fact. But it was well, a case where he was really, on. really proud of he it. He was beaten by a girl. <laughs> multi-national. Multi one of the top drivers yes. in the United States. Mary Posey was the yeah. gal that beat him. And without question, she was one of the top drivers, yep. period, in the country. Yeah. And uh, just a phenomenal person, too. Yeah. But Mary really did a nice job. I think she ended up on her very last run. She did. Uh, cracked off yep. a great run and ended up beating Al, Al Jr. by a couple of tenths. Wow. Yeah. Um, so this is a this is really a, a quite safe sport. Oh, absolutely. Um, but <clears throat> has there ever been any kind of craziness happening from well, time to time? We have restrictions on the cars because anything that's high center of gravity, yeah. um, there's restrictions uh, that you can't run because of possible turnover, you know, yeah. somebody going over. And uh, there have been cars over the years because of just uh, narrow tires and high center of gravity uh, that we have, you know, they have been flipped or have been over on their side or something. Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you what, if, I mean, there isn't. We don't average one incident a year nationally. Oh, wow. And we, and we will put on this year, I know last year we put on over 1,100 events all over the country. We had about just short of 80,000 people participate in those 1,100 events. So 
And we've got, so a pretty, we've got a good track record. We've got a very good track record. It's a lot different than road racing, I yeah. think. You, have, you average more than one incident per lap. <laughs> well, we had over 30,000 runs last year on this lot alone, locally, with zero incidents. Yeah. Wow, that's great. And that's it's great. a case where, you know, we have a, a very strong safety program, and we've got what we call a safety steward program, so there are people that are trained in safety. Uh, we have more incidences. I mean, a good example, like right now, my trailer's sitting here, and, and of course, we're not hooked up to the truck, so the hitch is just hanging out there. Well, we have more people that bang into yeah. hitches and get and fall over and maybe hurt themselves and something like that. There yeah. are more incidences in the then paddock area there. than there are ever on the track sure. or even in the grid. So, <clears throat> thinking back through all the years of doing this, I was going to ask each of you what is what is the most memorable, like what is the, what's the fondest memory you have of your experience with autocross for each wow. of you? You go first. That's easy for me. I started <laughs> in 2010. Uh, I did not buy the Mustang to autocross and a buddy of mine got me involved in it and went downhill from there. But my first, <laughs> my first Evo school was in 2012 or 2013, I can't remember which. And the very next week, I went down to Dixie, down to uh, South Georgia Motorsports Park, and won my first national championship. Oh, and wow. it, that's the very first thing that the best. I mean, it was the biggest thing that sticks out to me. Yep, no, is that, yeah. that's SCCA or yes, not? SCCA. Uh -huh. yeah. yes. So won your national championship for like for, for the Dixie for the tour like this. There's a okay. tour down there. They have a oh. they have a site too, and, and it was uh, the first national went tour win I had, and there was four other national champions in that class that I beat wow. that, that weekend. Wow, nice. Yeah, that is a good memory. Yeah, that's the best memory for me. Mine would be getting the Solo Cup. The Solo Cup is the top award that anybody can get in solo. And uh, it's given out once a year, and it's been given out probably for the last, I think, 30 years, 25 to 30, somewhere there. But it's an award given to people that have tried to do a go above and beyond. Instead of just competing, they're giving back to the sport, and they really look at it being leaders for the yep. club. And is very big in women on track and, and the women's right. sport side of it. Yep. She's really a promoter of that and one yeah. of the driving forces behind it as well, yep. her and Linda Duncan. It's been a good program to get women yeah. involved yes. and, you know, do other things other than just sitting on the sidelines cheering on the guys. Have you ever so. heard of the name Melinda Russell? Yes, I have. Okay, yep. so I, I interviewed her for you my... You did? Yeah. Oh, okay. So she's a, she's a cool lady. She is. Yes quite the following and, and yep. she she's also pushing very hard for women in motorsports. Yeah. Well, the thing that'll make this club grow is more women because if, if, if I'm dating someone or married to someone and my wife or my girlfriend goes out and races, a man ain't gonna sit on the side and let her run without getting out there doing it too. Well, so I, more I, women can get out there the more men we're gonna get. I always, I always look at the guys that go, well I'd like to get my girlfriend, my wife involved and I said get her involved because when she comes back after an event and says Honey, we need tires. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot easier sell than you saying, "Honey, I need to buy tires," and she doesn't understand. Exactly. So, yeah, it's always good to get them involved. Yeah, that, that's cool. When, when did you win that? The Solo Cup. Yeah. 2008. Okay. Yep. Yep. So it's been a while ago, but we've been very fortunate. We the club has given us much more than we've oh, ever yeah. given it. But um, probably there are a couple of things. Probably in back in '83 when we really got aggressive and started and, and I, we were very competitive. I went over half the season before I ever won an event, a local event or any type of an event. And I remember I had just been getting pounded on by a couple other guys that had GTIs and you sat there and said, okay, they've got the same kind of car and we've basically done the same kind of modifications to them, you know. And I finally beat them and you, you remember that first win. Yeah. And, and that was really cool. And 
probably the other thing would be, you know, we've, we've been very fortunate. We've gotten some national awards and, and things, but um, being able to start or get the CAM program going with SCCA and really see it flourish, that has just been so, so good. And, and it's just a, such a great feeling. And uh, there's really, it's really created a community. I mean, we've got, you know, everybody is, goes out to you, put your helmet on. I want to beat everybody I can when I got my helmet on. You take them off and, and all of a sudden we're helping each other, changing tires, doing something for each other. Somebody's got a problem. It's, everybody uh, jumps in and helps them fix it. The CAM has really become a community and we've just got some great, great people running it. I mean, there's people throughout SCCA that run solo and are great people, but this has really been a lot of fun. It's been very rewarding to have been involved in. So the CAM is a really a, a grouping of classes that are similar in nature. Um, it's just another set of cars that you can yeah. see out here. Right. Well, we, when we started it, it was a case where you couldn't pick up a car magazine 10 years ago 10, 11 years ago, and you said you can pick up a car magazine or anything automotive related that they weren't talking about old cars, making them having people having fun with old cars, making them run better, or they were talking about uh, LS swaps, you know, motor swaps. Yeah. They were talking about how to make a car handle better. I mean, uh, you know, I was a drag racer back in the 60s and 70s, and you know, my Roadrunner went straight, but it didn't want to turn, you know, type of thing. You know, and all of the cars we had back then, well, all of a sudden you'd see people putting, you know, suspension things on the cars. And, so it said there's a place for it. There really was a place, and, and SCCA to help them embrace this, we really wanted to do that. So, so that's what we really, and so it's really been rewarding because of that. And we've just got so many friends, and there's a couple of special CAM events a year, and now we've expanded that. We had a lot of people asking for, I want a CAM class for foreign cars. And we said, well, Classic okay. American. It does, you know, so we've come up with two, uh, there's a couple, three classes now for extreme, what we call extreme classes. Okay. And it's much the same thing. You can have a Miata, but maybe you put a V8 in it. Yeah. Or you put an L, you know, something else in it. There, You've got an Acura four-door that you just turbocharged. Well, instead of telling that person you can't play with us or whatever, we embrace it, yeah. and so that's that's been really, really fun. I was impressed when I looked at the entry list, just how many people and how many classes there were. I was it's like, wow, there's a lot of classes, but it's something for everybody. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So you used to drag race. Yep. Um, have you road raced at all? No, I haven't. I've, I've done a lot of tracks. I've been around many, many tracks over the years by working with SCCA and yeah. things, but I've never done any serious road racing or even any serious track events. Rent a beast car. Yeah. It is so much Talk fun. to Frank Schwartz, right? Frank, or? Do you know Frank? I know Frank, <laughs> I know Frank, uh, and he's probably closer to this neck of the woods. Uh, Chris Taylor is the one who okay. I use, he's okay. from Austin. Gotcha. All right. Um, but they both have large rental programs. And we had uh, uh, Dan, not Dor not Dan, Doherty is his last name. David Doherty. David Doherty. Oh, yes. David was in the Indian. He lived in the Indianapolis area for several years and, and got to know him a little bit. And, and he always talked about the fun that he was having. And of course, when the runoffs were in Indianapolis, oh, it was always fun spending some yep. time with David. Uh, yeah, I was there when the, the last runoffs they had an mm -hmm. Indy. Yep. So I raced with, with them there. It was okay. amazing. This past weekend at Road America, uh, yes. <laughs> David's, David's car, uh, Honda Fit, like the motor blew on him on in the first race. So he was he couldn't do anything. Sure. On Sunday, he wanted an option. So we talked to Chris Taylor, had brought an extra Mazda 2. It hadn't even been shaken down yet to be ready, real ready for sure. racing. Yep. David got in that car, started from last, 
on the grid yeah. and finished third with a shortened race. Wow. Did not realize that. He'd, he'd never wow. been in that car. Wow. <laughs> and uh, we, you know, there was probably some issues with the car. Sure. It didn't matter. Yep, yep. He, he is, is so talented. Yeah, and, he is. And, and a good, good guy. And, 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 you know, we went to many, many June sprints. We've probably been to 15, minimum 15 different June sprints over the years. And, and always so much fun. We lived in the Milwaukee area on two different occasions over the years because I, I was with one company for a long time but got transferred several times. And we lived in Milwaukee, the Milwaukee area twice. And, That's a good uh, that place was to a, live. It, it was a great we called that home track, and yeah. we used to love going yeah. up there. So, other than autocross, have you raced anything else? I have not. That's, that was my first experience. Was um, the first car that we had was was my goal back and forth to work car. It was a little Dodge Mitsubishi Challenger, four doors. Wow! <laughs> and I think we ran six events. And I and at first I was like, you know, this is okay. But then when I won my first event, I thought, okay, now I like this. <laughs> and then we bought the GTI, so yeah. the rest is history. Yep. 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 Jeff, what about you? Anything other than autocross? I've done some track days. I've done a, a run NCM and I run, run, run Road Atlanta. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Kind of scary in my car because it's got so much power. But, uh, yeah. yeah, if you do it right and respect it, you're, you'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I really enjoyed talking to you. I wish we could talk longer, but I know that, you know, you got other things to do. So, and I know you just... I gotta get you got to gotta get up. <laughs> yeah. Barry, yep. thank you for your time. Yeah, we thanks. really appreciate thank this. Thank appreciate you so much. It. Very much. I'll, yeah, I'll hey, be, thank I'll you. Appreciate it. Thank everybody. you. I want to thank you for listening to Driven to Compete. It's been a pleasure sharing this episode, and I hope we've provided some inspiration and entertainment along the way. If you like the content, please share and like. But I have one ask for everyone listening. I would appreciate more than anything to add you to my weekly newsletter. Simply visit my website, driventocompete.com and you'll see a form to get on my newsletter where I share exclusive content and giveaway swag.